0: Everybody is I'm joined by
1: just the two of us this week. You can make it if you try. Ooh, so we're going to do a shorter episode. We're just going to discuss a couple of games, just pick and talk about a game we have played each. Of course, we're drinking. What are we drinking, Adam?
0: We are drinking the... Solar Impulse by Good Chemistry? Yep. Uh, It is... About this beer, excellent. Oh, now should I read their theory or about this beer? Um, About the beer, about this beer. A full-flavoured, easy-drinking summer beer where the focus is squarely on hops. There's a big, zesty hit from the American varieties backed up juicy, backed up by juicy tropical flavours from the Antipodean hops. Oh, the Antipodeans! <laughs> Get out in the sunshine. These uh, Australian people. Yeah, life's too short not to enjoy what you would do, so we decided to brew. First and foremost, we brew beer for you to enjoy, but we also think the art and science of brewing is fascinating, and want to share that with you. And it is, uh, this beer suits 53% sandals, 67% frisbee, and 74% picnics. I think what that means is it's kind of a hipster beer.
1: Well, I know good chemistry. Um, we had the field work, didn't we? Yeah. And it was clipboards and pencils. Yeah. And oh, you had to use a mechanical pencil. So oh no! The sorry. Didn't yeah. Sorry, not
0: not hipster. I'm thinking frat boy with the frisbees and
1: the sandals. And I was socks. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it's also 42 IBUs. Uh, I'll skip the gravities, and it's 4.3 percent alcohol volume by
1: volume. So, uh, quite a light beer, really.
0: Yeah. It's
1: um very. Sort of that, that line between opaque and and translucent in the um, yeah, the glass it's it's got a very nice light amber color
0: oh it's yeah it's actually quite gorgeous and I'm surprised about how many bubbles are in it actually yeah yeah
1: mine's very um, very carbonated as well
0: uh, the the head is sort of um not too like not too dense like the one last week but uh, because there's so many bubbles the head just sort of kept growing. Mm, mm. yeah it happened in mine as well i can immediately smell the tropical fruits um just off of the pour definitely a little bit of citrus as well what is that it's not mango maybe passion fruit is that what it is
1: not sure not sure on the nose
0: definitely something tropical um not not your like pineapple or mango but the other parts of tropical um not not too tart um or sweet actually so I'm not sure oh I see where you the you're talking about the his citrus
1: mm, mm I've had a little taste
0: what do you think I like it it's
1: it's it's almost got like a little spiciness to it um you kind of get oh, the, wow. the, the 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 fruitiness but but actually there's a quite of a of a bitter sort of spiciness that sort of it goes all the way through the flavor goes all the way through the taste and just just sits behind it very nicely and yeah, you it, kind of got these very fruity notes that, that pop up in the fore, and then a little bit in the mid, and fade out, but leave this nice bitter, spicy sort of finish.
0: For sure, uh, and it comes on actually quite large, not strong. If that, if I... yes, yeah. Oh, I know what it is. It's pep. Pep. It, it is a peppy bitterness.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, I'd agree with that. That's a good word to use. I'm trying to think. What was the was it the Antipodean okay that i had from harbor um, and i'm cast your mind back to the first dozens like, of episodes you know, so like, ago. Like, i think the
0: first 10 episodes and we i don't even remember why we said in <laughs> a bunch of times but we it sure was, did it was,
1: it was the is the name of one of the beers from harbor brewing um and that was i assume it was sort of australian hops and I cannot remember that far back to remember if that's what this beer takes. You know, a similar sort of taste if it's, if it's similar hops doing a similar kind of thing. Um, but this contest
0: listeners, if you can spot the episode and tell us why we babbled about Antipodean, was it pronunciation? Was it something else? You will win. Uh, gratitude. Possibly (laughs) a mention on next week's episode.
1: (laughs) A slow clap. Right. Let's jump into the games we've been playing. Um, We've both been playing the Battlefield One beta, but I don't want to talk about that. Well, how will people
0: know what you think about the uh, Battlefield beta?
1: Oh, that's good. That's a good segue. If you want to know what we think, you should go and subscribe to Out of Lives on um, your podcast subscription of choice. You probably do already, um, but we are going to be releasing an episode called "On the Test," and it's all—it's going to be about all the big betas that um, that come out. Uh, This week we've talked about Battlefield 1, so we get in-depth thoughts and analysis on Battlefield 1, um, which is Adam, myself, and Adam from Out of the Crossfire chatting about that. Um, But the game I want to talk about this week, and I don't really want to talk about the game, I kind of want to talk about the genre a little bit. Uh, The game is called The Old City Leviathan, a PC, Steam game. And it is, at its most basic, a walking simulator.
0: Oh, walking simulators.
1: yeah. You move through environments, you pick up on the story. You don't do very much. There's a little bit of climbing and um, moving into different spaces to experience different things. If you hear that, uh, a very loud motorbike has just ridden past my house. Um, yeah, you, you basically move through spaces and experience a story. Um, nothing in this game so far has popped up which jumped out at me to try and scare me. There's been no running away from anything. There's been almost no interaction with other... Well, there's been no interaction with other characters. It has been my character walking through spaces with an narrator giving some exposition to what's going on. And I uncover a few things as I move through it. It's quite... It, it, atmospheric. It's a little tense in places. You kind of feel that something might jump out at you. Hmm. Um, and I'm enjoying it. But it's... It's not the best walking simulator um that i have played and I, I i really don't like this term just to start this conversation because um, they, they provide sort of more than just the simulation of walking
0: and but there are walking simulators that are true walking simulators where there's just a really neat environment and you can just explore the space yeah um but it seems like games like this uh and and Firewatch probably lives in this uh, middle ground as well. Mm, um, yeah. Are they're not games? Sorry, programs, applications like this. Uh, they're not games because you're not really gaming. But they're they're interactive storytelling. Yeah, they're from a familiar gaming perspective, right? Mm. Um, and it's a, it's sort of we don't know where to classify it because it's very brand new. Because fr- from up until very recently, interactive storytelling was purely. In- in the same uh, – the, the sets overlapped completely with gaming, right? It was a strict subset for you maths kids. But now we're finding that if you look at the Venn diagram, it's more classic that there are things outside of gaming that are interactive um, narratives in a way that they still aren't games. And I think this is a super interesting space that I really enjoy uh, I think that Gone Home was given away recently on PlayStation Plus. It was, yeah. yeah. And I think that because of that, uh, I've heard a lot more people talking about walking simulators with less um, uh, "what the balls" contempt that I'm yeah. used to hearing. I'm trying to think of the word begins with
1: the V. Vermints. There's a lot of stigma with mm. sort of walking simulator, and, and it's, it's a lot of people say, "Well, it's not really a game; it's kind of an experience." So, but, but what exactly? So, what's the problem with that? If you want to play something like that, or you want to experience something where you're moving through environments, you're getting a story given to you. Um, then, then why can't these exist? Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna mention Firewatch. It's, it's one of the best games I've played recently. I've really enjoyed that. Great story, really well written. Great voice acting. The environments, the music. It's a beautiful, beautiful game. But the sort of the standout game um, in Stanley this uh, is the
0: Stanley Parable, which is, and it's it is proper narrative. It is clearly just a, a narrative experience. Yes,
1: yes. Um, it's you're moving through an office environment, and it's very fourth wall breaking. You've got a narrator telling you things to do, and and suddenly the game will restart, and the narrator will go, "Oh, you you've not done what I said that you should do," and it and it it interacts with you in that sort of way, and there's multiple endings there's different places for you to go it's you're not just walking around an environment you are still sort of semi-puzzle solving um on a on a a larger scale across the whole sort of map the the map and the different experiences you can have are a giant puzzle and and as i say with multiple endings you have different things that you can experience it's Um,
0: it's very much like a choose your own adventure narrative but you know written well versus the dross that actually would choose your own adventure books were um yeah. but i also think um a good uh if you've ever played bastion mm. that is like the epitome of a game with stellar storytelling and then if you put stanley parable beside it you can see how the one sort of as you did a thing the narrators would talk about it in a way that if you it was clearly linked to what you were doing, not where you were like, oh, I'm in this. zone now it's going to say this. Oh, I did this thing. And immediately afterwards it's described to me. Yes. And and that's why one of the reasons I loved Bastion. Uh, And then Stanley Parable sort of just took all the action gaming elements out of that and still retained the overall narrator saying what you're doing. And I think that's a, it's a good sort of comparison. It's a good juxtaposition between the two because the narrators are both very interactive Mm. and they're responsive but one's clearly a game and the other is in a gaming environment yeah yeah
1: i i think if you wanted to take it a little bit further and if if say you've played the old city of Leviathan you've played the Stanley Parable and they're kind of things that you tipped your dipped your toe into and, and you think okay there's this games like Firewatch would be the perfect game to then go and play to get a, a, a really good experience on it There's also a a game I played recently called The Beginner's Guide. Ah, yes. And that came from Davy Reardon, the guy who, or one of the guys who made um, the Stanley Parable. Yeah. Now this game is 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 almost the epitome of walking simulator. It is almost the only thing that you do. You walk, and a narrator just talks to you, and the narrator drives you through these experiences. You're not really taking yourself through any experience, you are following almost a set path, moving through, it's, it's doing a, what you're being told to do, almost.
0: It, it's it's an interesting um, hybrid of the, the sort of when you do a thing, the narrator comes in, like the interplay between the narrator and you doing things in the environment, mm-hmm. and an on-rails game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think The Begins Guide sort of stands out because it's... Um, Sort of like a social commentary as well. So if you're listening to what the narrator's actually saying and the um, the themes behind what's going on and what he's what he's trying to do, moving through the you moving you through these different experiences, it is a very good social commentary. Um, and it had people scratching their heads as to whether it was real or not. Um, if if you play, it, you'll understand what I mean. Um, so, really, it, what I wanted to just say was that there's such a broad spectrum of Games within this genre, which don't really have a genre, they are more interactive experiences um, for people to play. There's there's no need for people to be, you know, upset about them or say, "Well, I'm not going to play that." So, walking simulator, because there's lots of games that I don't play of of, of, multiple genres. But
0: well, but to be fair, I mean, it's not the best label, but. The people who are all like, that's not a real game, are the same people who skip cutscenes. So, like, they wouldn't enjoy this. Like, if, if you called it, like, a narrative game, they would still skip it based on its properties, not necessarily the label. Yes, yeah, yeah. But I agree. Walking simulator, it's such a drab descriptor. Especially because mm-hmm. most of them have a very in- enticing, unique, um, immersive uh, narrative element. A walking simulator, when you go for a walk, you, when someone says, "I'll go for a walk," that you don't sort of it doesn't conjure up an adventure or a really interesting story. It kind of conjures up relaxing and just looking at the world and taking a breather. And most of these games aren't that. They yeah. might have elements of that, but they're more. And so I think that's why the it's such a jarring title.
1: Yeah, very much. And I think you suggesting um, using the word narrative more. Is uh, a much better descriptor for them because a lot of them are very narrative-driven experiences. So let's start calling walking simulators narrative experiences. There you go. Our twenty or so listeners, there's something for you to start doing to change the world of
0: walking you mean simulators. Two hundred or so. So well, you that's better meant, get your friends on too because we're big. That's it. The thousands of people that listen.
1: Um, let's let's move walking simulators. of what have you been playing this week?
0: Um, besides betas and some drunken Titanfall nights with some Xbox Ooh, yes, friends, yes. Um, the game I've played the most uh, has been Earthlock. Okay. Which is a JRPG style turn-based RPG uh, from Scandinavia. Is that the one and that's it, on... Free on oh. X. Yeah, free with Games with Gold. Which is strange because it, was, it came out with games of gold the same time it came out okay yeah like it's it's actually the exact same thing as massive chalice was but we were so confused about yeah a couple summer last summer um yeah it's it's uh it's norwegian um so far it's got a very very unique um there's a it's not your standard fantasy realm it's a little there's a bit of a twist, but it's very familiar. The mechanics mm. are interesting, but there's also sort of a uh, maybe three to five hours in you unlock a a zone basically that any of your save points can take you to that you do crafting that helps you make ammo make new talents to give your people so it's got a nice little extra element that we're not used to just yeah, sort like of spice a, like it up
1: a, almost like a little hub area
0: yeah know. and you can spend as much time as you want like um, growing plants like and getting things and you could just have a amass a huge um arsenal of, of whatever or you could just make you know twenty and then go on your way. So it's kinda nice that way. Um it doesn't sort of slow the game down in any noticeable way as far as uh, progression. You can just leave whenever you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um it and lo- yeah the look to have a bit of a break from what's going on as well to to make yeah. something else and, uh, and and assess your characters and upgrade them and things
0: like that. And the basic premise is that magic was a thing, and then some cataclysm happened to the world, and humans became small, like more sparse. But there are there's some degree of magic in the world, but it's not um, sort of universally practiced. And uh, and blah, that's yeah. all I got. Yeah.
1: Like Final Fantasy, and their crystals. Everything revolves around crystals, but
0: sort of. Um, what's interesting is you start out in like a military training campy thing as a as a girl who's the granddaughter of the general, and then uh spoiler alert on the first 20 10 minutes you switch to an entirely new character who is in the wastelands as a scavenger with his shark man uncle and you 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 raid a temple and then you go and then you meet people and that guy goes on adventures to try and try and figure out what he what the thing he raided from the temple is okay um and i haven't seen the little blonde girl who cheated her way into a scout test thing since wow How, how long have you played uh, probably the five-hour mark-ish, maybe. Yeah. Maybe less. It's yeah. hard to tell. I was jumping in and out of it and Netflix and, um, Gears.
1: So there's not um, there's not sort of a mechanic for you to be able to, at least not that you've found, to be able to switch back to that character. There's not sort of two stories running in parallel at the moment. It was no. just a, a completely separate I'm sort s- of almost starting point for the game to so then... I'm, I'm assuming lovely. like
0: the storylines will uh, converge, or I mean the girl was in a technological rich uh area, it seemed, so perhaps she's in the pre cataclysm time. who knows mm. right mm. um what is interesting uh is um in your party, you can pair people up mm-hmm. and then they build up bond points and then uh basically there's you you have different roles you can change on the fly, and it just burns one of your turns right um and uh if you have a full bond meter or like TP in final fantasy um you can one of the pairs can switch to like the uber version of their role so okay, cool. the main yeah, dude is yeah. a thief and he's like a hunter style mm-hmm. and his uber role is um a um AoE hunter style instead of just targeting one person he targets everyone okay uh like 3 hours at a time and all that sort of shit. Well, well yeah, it's a gun, but yeah. He just that. shoots a bunch of bullets at everyone yeah and then yeah. it clearly calculates misses etc uh differently. So when I was against um hard uh people, like I only killed one guy mm. and slightly damaged another guy, when I was against people earlier in the game, I just wiped out the six things I was fighting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um
0: and the more you play a pair, the higher stats they get and they unlock more abilities. Mm-hmm. And that also means that they you build um bond faster, so it really promotes switching your pairs up so you can get the extra boosts of stats uh et cetera um which I think is really cool. It's a good way of sort nice. of not be doing the standard. I've got Cloud. I've got Barrett. Uh, I had Aeris. Now she's gone. I guess I'll switch to Yuffie and just yeah, forget Yeah, or Red Thirteen, or yeah. whoever you want to bring in. Like, ah, uh, yeah, it seems like a nice uh,
1: mechanic, something slightly different to set it apart from your sort of standard JRPG. But how does it, um, not rate, but how does it stand up on sort of the... Um, like upgrade elements for characters
0: um you've got basically a grid where you put cards uh which are called talents ever and so you unlock a talent point every level Mm. and that allows you to spend a talent point to put a card down but on your grid there's three types of squares ability something else and passive stat i can't remember what the red one is because i don't have them yet yeah um so you want to build towards the sort of uber square near the bottom of your grid and you start at the top middle. Um, but you have to go through some of these red zones. And I never seen a talent of that type. Okay. Um, and you can switch cards on the fly, but you can only swap them. So if you unlock a square, there will always be a card on that square. So it's a nice way of sort of, and you can like, I can swap cards, but I've chosen my path. This character is going to have this many blue spots, et cetera. Yeah. Uh which is really neat um I also like that if you i think it's uh r b or or maybe it's one of the triggers um you can switch who the uh who in the party you actually are on the screen mm. so you can run around as the other party members i don't oh, know that's that cool. yeah i don't know how, know how that affects gameplay at all but i I thought it was a really nice touch while I'm wandering around on the quote unquote world map to not always have to stare at the same dude yeah, you're that one sprite just running around yeah. Um previously. I will also say that uh, I was surprised that um the water effects um they're fully engined um, reflections, so you can see Ooh. your guy run by nice um which, if for those you don 't know, is actually quite a lot of calculations, which is why you can take a bunch of screenshots in the division of you standing over a puddle thinking you're a vampire yeah um the puddles look gorgeous, and the mirrors look gorgeous, but there's no people there 's no action because they 're all pre-rendered Mm. Uh, and this, it, it, the water looks great, and you run run by, and it's like holy crap. Uh, I uh, I I'd, I'd say the lore is interesting, but not super enticing. Um, okay. so it's it's a it's a fun little RPG. I hope it's not too long, oddly, because it's not that enticing. I kind of liked it. It just it's a nice little RPG filler that I yeah, haven't played. Yeah. I sort of think it of it to be as like a hundred
1: and forty hour game.
0: It's... Yeah, and the gameplay isn't deep enough for that but it's like i'm playing this instead of starting one of the old ffs one of the first like nine ffs again because i felt like playing an old school rpg that's sort of the way it sits It's, it's 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 like filling the nostalgia need without actually being something i've played before
1: yeah what was it um what does it look like graphically is it because you find with sort of a few JRPGs and stuff—they're trying to almost chase that slightly more retro feel um, uh, and and ape the slightly more
0: popular JRPGs. And, and oh, it's not Spritey at all. Actually, it's uh, it's uh, a little cell shady It's quite vibrant. I'm trying to see if I can uh, bring up a picture. Um, it's, to think it, of it, what it's like
1: in my in my mind is it sort of like the Tales series
0: or something like that kind of less anime-y um yeah. uh it's it's <laughs> it kind of actually reminds me a little bit of Jotun in the sort of way the lines and the uh, the colored blocking is yeah yeah um so yeah i would, it's it's scandinavian looking mm. um <laughs> <laughs> um it, it's nice actually i quite like it um it it is sort of has very cartoony looking characters, but some of the monsters are very detailed. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of it, it. It's a good balance of the nice wash of cartoon and real, like real detail that you get in like more um, AAA style games. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's it, it's fine. I mean, it, it's not it's not super unique, uh, but it does the job really well. I would say.
1: Nice, nice. So uh, is it something that you're going to sort of do you think you'll try and see it through?
0: Um, So far, I think uh, in, in the next, probably, like, when I double my time, mm-hmm. if the narrative hasn't really gone anywhere, I'll probably stop. Yeah, yeah. Because um, right now, I mean, one of the characters is a scribe from the secret library town, and you're blah, 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 and if that doesn't have much of a payoff for a while, and he just finds another, the next three places, he's like, oh, I'll have to write this into my log, because... I'm really interested, or I'll read about this when we get to the library. It's like, well, you're just reminding me that you're putting off information and narrative. And if so I think that's a good barometer of uh, I'm waiting. Yes, yeah, they're,
1: they're trying, they're holding something back. So, uh, you know, in sort of five, six hours' time, suddenly
0: they can hit you with that information it, again. It's, and It's also not that difficult. Okay. Uh, the bosses' battles, I've never lost one, although I've only had two or three. Um, what is interesting, actually, is it's not like random encounters. You see the um, the enemies on the screen.
1: Oh, so it's like the more modern Final Fantasy games.
0: Sort of, um, but as you approach them, um, they'll either get they'll get a question mark or an exclamation mark over their head. So, like, they're aware you're around. An exclamation mark means they'll charge you, and then a little meter starts. Mm. Basically, a circle slowly starts filling filling in, and it tells you in the middle a number, and that's the number of enemies. And if you don't hit A by the time the circle fills, it's um, they have advantage. Okay. If you touch a monster, it's an even draw. Yep. And if you hit A before that, um, you have first strike.
1: Nice, nice. But so uh, I, I, rather than
0: an initiative system, yeah, but you've
1: actually got a, a usable mechanic in there. For, but what's for super interesting expect, is
0: uh, as soon as you go beyond... Um, the size of your party, number of enemies. Mm. Uh, you get a multiplier on XP. That's cool. So and so, it turns out what you can do is you actually kite groups of mobs to other mobs if you're not um, in a very difficult zone. So like there's three here and there's four around the corner. Um, I'm going to take the three, run around the corner, get the attention of the four, so I now have seven exclamation points, and then hit A before my little turn runs out. Now I've got a big fight on my hands, but I'm going to get so much XP. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's it's nice because uh, in the harder zones, you can also try and just get the attention of one. Like it's got a nice little, very MMO sort of pulling style. Mm, mm, um, that's cool. Yeah.
1: Nice man. Nice. Good. So we talked about two very different games this week, um, which we don't always tend to do. I think that you and I sort of have very similar tasting games, don't we? So. Mm kind of always
0: singing from the same hymn sheet but um well i think this is this is a testament to i don't have a playstation right now and <laughs> yeah that's true, true. <laughs> yeah yeah so let's
1: finish for this week because the sony press event's going on we want to go and have a look at what they're saying about the new playstations
0: um can um, i just quickly ask you what your um final thoughts are on the solar impulse is that what it's called? Yeah.
1: It is, yeah. And as you, were, as you were doing so, I was just drinking it. Um, I'm really liking it. Uh, I, I know, was it in their description, they say that it is a summer beer, um, which comes across. Um, this would be perfect on a, on a hot summer's day. It, it, even though it has that bitter, sort of peppy um, notes to it the whole way through the, the flavor, it is quite refreshing. Um, and I think I could have a couple of these. Um, it's not a sessionable beer, but it's definitely one that if i was if i was in a pub and they had this on i'd have a couple before moving on somewhere else and then choosing to drink something else it's definitely something that you'd finish the the giant good chemistry brewing i think there's are six, 60 ml bottles yeah um finish one of those off and i could definitely have another one i think
0: um but i that think would, that would kind of be that would kind of be my my limit
1: on it but it's nice it's nice
0: i i will say um the reason why it can't really be a Sessional beer uh, to me is because uh, it's got such a lovely, slow-fading finish. That, yeah. Like, y- you don't have the impulse to drink it uh, unless you're on a podcast talking about it and want to refresh your taste buds. Um. So, you know, uh, you I, I kind of think Session beers tend to be a little shorter on the finish. Definitely. You drink um, quite quick. Yeah. So... Uh, That would be the block for me. I also, I could see myself nursing it on a patio and only really drinking it quickly when it got too warm.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you thought, actually, I better open up another one because this one's not as refreshing as it was when I first started. I mean, I'm out of the 660ml bottle, you know, we've been chatting for half an hour,
0: 40 minutes, and I'm about two
1: thirds of the way through.
0: Yeah, I'm um, probably about the same. Um, yeah. Actually, probably, probably less. I'm probably at half, judging mm. by how much is in the bottle and how much is in my glass. Um, so so I, yeah. know,
1: I know what you mean about it being uh, having that slow finishing, and, and you, you, you want to sort of take your time with it, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Good. So for another week, we have sort of been tanked up-ish. Depends if we've been drinking beforehand, which I haven't because I have a child.
0: uh. uh I um may have had a few ounces of whiskey.
1: A couple of whiskeys. Good, good. Uh, bourbon, not... actually. Oh, nice. What were is... you drinking?
0: Uh, bullet bourbon. It's a, it's a, yeah? it's a yeah? solid bourbon. Uh, it's not one of my top sort of affordable slash mid-tier bourbons, but uh, in this side of the pond, it, it was on sale, and I could afford it. Fair enough. I mean, bourbons oh, yeah. are so expensive here compared mm. to what I'm used to, which is whiskeys being – single malts being like, boah now it's like, oh, those are affordable. I could drink that at a bar, which is insane. <laughs> um, nice, anyway, man. yeah, like an ounce of Good. like Oban is like the price of two decent pints of beer uh, in, in, mm. in Calgary because of, you know, okay. transportation costs. Anyway, um, you can reach <laughs> us at tankedup underscore pod on Twitter. No, tankedup underscore cast. Oh, right. Um, pod underscore tank on Twitch um, <laughs> uh, you can reach me at the OmniArch T-H-E-O-M-N-I-A-R-C-H at on all of the things PlayStation, Xbox, Steam and Twitter uh, where can we reach you? Um, I'm on all of the things at Nova
1: under, N-O-V-A underscore four seven Nova underscore 47 drops a line let us know what you think of either the Solar Impulse if you've had it or Earthlot or the Old City Leviathan, or walking simulators in general.
0: Or Battlefield 1. Yes, or you can go um, You can reach us at tanktop.cast at gmail.com. You can, yeah, if you want
1: to send us long-form emails.
0: Or you can reach uh, the, the global o- out-of-lives podcasting at podcast at outoflives.net. Um, that would be a great place to give us your Battlefield 1 feedback. Because... It was featured on Out of the Crossfire when we're talking about multiplayer experiences and betas, as well as the On the Test segment, which is new to the Out of Lives main feed. It is, so everyone should get on the test. There. I've said it.
1: I'll end with it. Thank you very much for listening. We have been tanked up. Take it easy. Ciao!
0: Holy shit. Mario is coming to the App Store is it yeah mario on the ios my prediction that oh. nintendo's pulling a, a sega so far is supported
1: yeah